to be thankful for uh, this Christmas season so much. Father, you have blessed us so much. You've blessed this country so much, Father. I just want to start out by giving you the glory, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to share your truth today, Lord. Your truth is what sets us free, Father. It's everything we need, Father, is in this book that you've given us called the Bible, Father, the Old Testament, the New Testament, that leads us and helps us to understand uh, the difference between living for you and not living for you, Father. So I just give you the glory for today, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. I wanted to start in Hebrews uh, chapter 13 today. Uh, we're going to have a great lunch afterwards. If you came here today and you didn't bring any food, that's all right. Stay here. We got food. We got fellowship. We got the Lord. Uh, the first three verses in Hebrews chapter 1 really tells us a lot about how God spoke to us. And at the same time, he tells us uh, about his son. It starts off in verse 1. It says, Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, verse 2 says, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created a world. So when you check out uh, verse 3, it gives us what I think one of the greatest descriptions of God's Son, Jesus, in the Bible. Look at verse 3 in Hebrews 1. He's talking about Jesus. This is the reason for the season. This is why we celebrate Christ's birth. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by His word of His power. And after making purifier, purification for our sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is the reason for the season Christ. And I'm starting a series today uh, called Before, you know, today's message is Before Christmas. The series is really called A Journey to Bethlehem. We're going to spend some every week this uh, month of December talking about that. And when you see the dates in the Old Testament, you always say B.C. So I thought it'd be cool to go off that. So this is Before Christmas instead of Before Christ before Christmas, praise God. I'd like to take you back to the Old Testament because if you see in that Hebrews 1.1 uh, 1, 1, that he talked to us through the prophets. So if you look at the Old Testament, there's, uh, that's how it all started. The prophets telling us that one day he is going to send his son Jesus to pay the price for our sins. And you see that in Hebrews chapter 1. And like this month, we're calling it a cast of characters uh, through outreach. Uh, we got 500 free flyers that Elizabeth ordered for us and we made up some nice stickers and it's called the Cast of Christmas. We're going to be handing them out on Wednesday night. It's a beautiful sheet that talks about Christmas and Wednesday night if you have a teenager please have them here between 6.30 and 8 o'clock and we're going to give them out. Uh, in the parking lots and stuff, and we're going to go to Lido's, uh, bring $5 for that. Uh, but the reason why I bring that up here, there's at least 100 of these back on the table. When you leave today and you live in a neighborhood, I'm sure most of us live in the neighborhood, take a few of these. If you're too shy to knock on their door to invite them, put it in their mailbox. Put it on their windshield wiper. So we have 500 of these we want to give out. 
uh, to invite people to the congregation here. So that's something we love to do. Point number one, the prophets told us about Jesus coming. That's what this before Christmas is all about. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore the Lord, I mean, we're talking six, seven hundred years before Christ is born. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Isaiah, great prophet, 66 chapters he wrote. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and will call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God with us. I looked up, there's over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament talking about Christ coming. Isaiah 9, 6, for us a child is born. This is probably the most famous verse about the coming of Christ. For us the child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. I'd like to refrain that again. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. One of the greatest verses talking about the coming of Christ. And I looked this up in the commentary, and the commentary said, really, Isaiah was given us four throne names of Christ. And the first one's Wonderful Counselor. The commentary said the counselor points to the Messiah as the king who determines upon and carries out a program of, and I thought about three things that the wonderful counselor does for us. The first one is action. And in your uh, listening, God, I put Micah 4, 9, but I found a better verse. Write this in here, Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. This is a prophecy from the prophet Isaiah talking about the action of the wonderful counselor. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? And then he said in verse 2, all these things my hand has made. So all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at his word. When you go and see a counselor, they want to give you action steps to do, and then they'll give you a purpose, and that's what God does to us through his son. He gives us action, he gives us a purpose. Isaiah 14, 27, the prophet Isaiah said this, for the Lord of hosts has purpose, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? So the wonderful counselor gives action, he gives purpose, and he also gives plans for us. Psalm 20, verse 4, Solomon wrote, May he grant your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. And think about it. If you're here today and you know Christ is your Savior, meaning you have surrendered your heart to him and you want to live for him, please know that that he is mine and yours and the church's wonderful counselor. And as the counselor, he gives us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee in his word to help us in any situation. So if you haven't received him yet, if you haven't surrendered your life to Christ yet, do it today or do it this Christmas season of 2019. When I thought about the plans of the wonderful counselor, I thought about the prophet Jeremiah when he says in 11 through 13, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, 
to give you a future and a hope. Isn't that beautiful? Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you and you will seek me. And I thought about when you seek me, that's an action step for us. When you find me, that gives us purpose. When you seek me with all your heart, that's when you find out his plans. Praise God. At 930 today, I got to spend an hour with six teenagers. Had a great time. I love teenagers. I still love teenagers. Maybe I want to be a teenager again. I don't, I don't want to be a teenager in this generation. But I, I thought about, you know, talking to the teens because this is the most important thing that we need to teach teenagers today is this word. And I think to myself, my goal, my desire, my passion, whether I'm talking to adults or teenagers, is to help you understand the Bible. That's why when I come here, I've been studying all week and seeking Him all week and praying all week. And that's why I bring you scriptures because that's how we know God, is through the scripture. And there's an enemy out there who wants nothing else but to keep you away from this, to keep you busy from doing other things and not spending time in God's Word because God's Word is what brings us hope. God's Word is what brings us peace. God's Word helps me to understand how to be a better husband to my wife. I love you, doll. Seriously. <laughs> There's times where I don't say that. Yesterday at the women's function when I dropped off Kathy and she was walking up to Andrea's house, I thought, I'm dropping my little girl off and I missed you while you weren't there. So... If there's something about knowing God and seeking God where you understand what true love is all about. And you teenagers here, you know, five, ten years from now, you're going to think about dating and stuff. You have to have God's word in your heart if you're going to want to know who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. We're working on 43 years, praise God. And I'm still, you know, that's something to clap about. But I'm still trying to figure out how to love my wife like Christ loved the church. He tells us in Ephesians. And you won't know that unless you put this in your heart. I told the teenagers today to pray and learn the word. I told the teenagers today that they have five purposes in their life. And if you're a parent here, tell me if I'm right. Your purpose as a teenager is to pray and to learn God's word. Number two, your purpose as a teenager is to practice by living it out. You're, and I'm going to get a lot of amen from parents right here because your third purpose as a teenager is to obey your parents. Can I hear any amens on that? Seriously. You're going to have to obey your parents. You know why? Because the Word of God says it will go well with you. If you don't obey your parents, it's not going to go well for you. Am I right or not? Praise God. I'm just giving you God's Word. I said their fourth thing was to know the God. Look how precious. Oh, my God. The fourth thing is to know the gospel. The fifth thing is to share the gospel. Those are important. So once again, that first throne name that I want to talk about is Wonderful Counselor. It points to him as the Messiah, as the King who determines upon and carries out a program of action, purpose, and plan. Next throne, throne name, he's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. That's why we serve him. The commentary says it's a powerful warrior. The Messiah, Jesus, will accomplish military exploits. He gives us the tools in this generation to fight the enemy in our battles. And there's an enemy out there. If you don't know that there is, there is. 
There's an enemy that wants nothing else but to keep you away from God. There's an enemy that wants nothing else but to keep you fixated on Republican and Democrat and which one is right and which one is wrong. Of course, I can tell you that, but I'm not going to do that from the pulpit. But seriously, you have to know Christ in order to realize he's a mighty, uh, he's a mighty God and he'll give us the tools that we need. And obviously, the word is the number one tool that he gives us. Three, he's an everlasting father. He has no beginning. He has no end. He's everlasting. And when you know Christ is your Savior and you've surrendered your life to him, it's a guarantee that you're going to spend eternity with him. Uh, everlasting father. Jesus, the Messiah, will be the father to his people eternally, meaning forever. I wish I could describe that. I can't. I can't put it into words what eternity means other than after a thousand years, we'll still be praising and giving him glory. As David the king, he was like David the king. He was a representative of him. He gives us the tools in this generation as a mighty God. But he will compassionately care for you. And that's the everlasting father. Isaiah 68, 5 and 6 says, Father of the fatherless, protector of the widows. He's a God in his holy habitation, God settles the solitary in a home. You know, solitary meaning lonely or isolated. He'll settle you. He'll give you peace. He'll give you comfort. But the rebellious dwell in the parched land. You know what I'm saying? I just had a, a verse given to me, and I want to share it. Not on PowerPoint. You're going to have to look it up yourself. Jeremiah 15. I think we've gotten lazy. Jeremiah 15, if you want to pull it up, Jason. He's so fast back there. Uh, praise God, and I'm ripping it off, and he's humbling me right now because it's not Jeremiah 15. Praise God. Oh, boy. Nick, you're in trouble. Oh, Lord. Who can hook me up when he... Oh, boy. He's in trouble. What's the date today? You can remember this day. I don't know. Okay. Jer I found it. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. When I said the parched land, it made me think about that. Because that's what the Spirit of God does, man. When you're in the Word, He will give you other scriptures to give you. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. Maybe we should just plant here, man. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. Think about it. There's people out there, there's millions of people out there trusting in themselves or following someone else besides God, and they make their flesh their strength, meaning, I got this, I'm good enough, I know enough, I have enough. And then he says, makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. And what is the result of not following God? What is the result of not making him your Lord and Savior? And he gives you the answer. He's like a shrub in the desert. He shall not see when good comes. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness. That's what brought me to this verse, that parch. In the uninhabited salt land. That's what happens when you try to live your life without Christ. Seriously, you won't even understand when good comes. You won't be able to see it because you don't trust him and you're trusting in man instead of God. But verse 7 and 8 is for those who the prophet is telling us 
Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. You see that? Trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He will be a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots in the stream. He does not fear when heat comes. And heat could mean trial, tribulation, tough times going through, bad report cards. Praise God. I got teenagers on the mind. So, sends out roots by the stream, does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. You might go through a trial, you might go through a tough time, but the Lord will leave you in there because your trust is the Lord and is the Lord. For his leaves will remain green, is not anxious in the year of doubt, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Praise God for your word. The last throne name, Prince of Peace. He will bring wholeness and well-being to individuals and to society. And then I thought to myself, well, can you, can you give the church family one verse that might explain what it looks like to be a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace? And it brought me to John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I mean, everybody's heard that verse. But how many people in America understand that verse or know that verse? So I hope those throne names explain what it talks about in Hebrews about long ago and many times in many ways God spoke to us by his Father through the prophets. Now, I just want to give you a few more uh, things that the prophets foretold of Jesus coming. Moses told God, told us about God speaking Abraham. Moses said this to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. In Numbers, Balaam, uh, Moses wrote, Balaam gave us four prophecies, and here's one of them. He said, I see him. This is the prophet talking. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down the altars of Sheath. That's just another prophecy about the coming of Christ. The Lord told the prophet Jeremiah, we've already been there and going back. Behold, the days are coming, verse 23, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. And you see branches capitalized there? He shall reign as king and deal wisely. He shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. And in the days of Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Those are how God used the prophets to speak to our fathers And the Messiah, he's pictured as a branch. And why do they say branch? Because I I really think like he's a branch out of the family of David's, out of David's family tree, who will rule over God's people in the future. Then it comes back up in Jeremiah, only a couple more verses. Jeremiah 33 says, Behold, comes back up again. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah in those days and at that time I will cause, once again he says it, a righteous branch 
to spring up for David. And he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judas will be saved. Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. Let's read it together. The Lord is our righteousness. One more time. The Lord is our righteousness. The Lord told the prophet Nathan to tell David, When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up an offspring after you who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of the kingdom forever. He's talking about Jesus there. He's talking about uh, the birth of Jesus. Now, B.C. today stands before that first Christmas day. So, in your listening, God, I put the full picture of Christmas shows the events of Jesus' arrival on earth were a part of a sovereign plan of God. And we're going to get into that through the next couple weeks. None of this stuff was accidental. It was all prophesied through the prophets to our fathers and laid down into his word. And God's plan for Jesus would suggest that God has a plan for us too. And I hope you're sitting here today and I hope you understand what God's plan is for you. He gives you the spirit. He gives you gifts. He wants you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And I'll close with this today because I think when I ask myself, what's the first step in fulfilling that plan is obviously our redemption. That's the first step, the very thing that Jesus came to do. And I'll close with these two verses that the band and uh, guys want to come up. Hebrews, started in Hebrews 1, want to end in Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that so, which clings so closely to us. But as believers, as children of God, let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Every day it's set before us God's plan looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and seated at the right-hand throne of God. So our first cast of characters for this Christmas season is the prophets, because the prophets foretold the coming of Christ. Praise God. Come on up. Father, we give you the glory for your word today, Lord. I just love it. I can't get enough of it, Father. Help us to spend time in your word, Father. And Father, help us to pray that you will make that word come known to us because when we become your child, all of a sudden that veil is taken away from our eyes and we get into your word and we find truth. We find how to live, how to be a better husband, how to be a better wife, how to be a better neighbor, how to be a better worker. Father, we give you the glory for all that. Father, thank you for that couple that came in here today for the first time, and they each had a Bible, and I thought to myself, that's power. That's power. That's our testimony. Father, I thank you that I sat in the middle of Winchester Mall at the eatery Friday night, just getting into your word, and you just pouring pouring your word out to me, Father, and I pray that that happens to every one of us that calls you our Lord and Savior, Father. We lift up those prayer requests again that were given at the beginning. Father, we lift up our offering today, Father, because this church is really 
going because of you, Father. We put you in the forefront, but it is those who give, Father. And there's so much verses about giving, Father. And I just want to give you the glory, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I got to tell you, go ahead and take the offering before you start. I got to tell you, man, in October, I spent three weeks talking about giving. And I got to be honest with you, man, I felt a wall. I felt the wall in front of me when I was talking about giving. And I pray that you just go back and listen to those messages again because God really teaches us how powerful giving is. He says, give and it'll be given unto you. Press down, shaken together and running over. For with the measure you use it, the measure will be given back to you. So I love you all. I want to open up the altar now if anybody needs prayer because we do that every week because we love to pray for people. And I just give you the glory in Jesus' name, amen.